0: Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley. And, you know, I just it's funny. I realized that last night we did our first stream for the podcast. We streamed it on Facebook Live. One, I was, like, crazy nervous. I haven't, I haven't done something live. Like, I love it, but I get really nervous. It takes me a while to kind of get back in my groove. So I was very nervous. And if you watched, you could probably tell. But also, I didn't say my name. I mean, sure, it was on the Tyler Crawley Facebook page. So people would probably assume that it was me. But I am not known for not saying my name. I mean, I did have a radio show that was called The Tyler Crawley Show. And so I'm going to make sure to say my name next time. Because <laughs> that is unlike me. So I appreciate everyone that tuned in and, uh, and watched. Otherwise, if you didn't, that's fine. You can just keep listening here. You, you won't get to see my beautiful face if you just listen. But you get to hear my beautiful voice so that also works (laughs) however you want to do it but yeah i'm going to be broadcasting tuesday and thursday on facebook live and i got the whole setup here i got lights to give me some lighting and they're i gotta tell you i got a little i got a little warm i can only imagine being like on a big set and the lights are in your face and i can see why people sweat on tv even when they haven't done anything wrong (laughs) and you know you're kind of nervous and so We'll see how it goes. I might expand it. I might you know, stop it. We'll see. We'll see what the people want. I'm, that's, that's what I'm all about, what the people want. They want more Facebook Live. I'll give them more Facebook Live. If they want none, I'm still going to do it. Then I, then I won't care. I, I'm like a politician. I like the polls when they agree with me. I don't like the polls when they don't agree with me. Fake polls, real polls, whatever it may be. So we're going to start since this is the Markets and Mortgages podcast. And the big story in housing, or at least it has been ever since the beginning of this pandemic, everyone thought home prices were going to crash. And then home prices started going up and then up. And everyone said, when are they finally going to slow down? Not December. <laughs> they didn't slow down in December. Not according to the latest data from the Core Logic Home Price Index. And in case you're wondering what that is, that is like the... Redheaded stepchild of the more well-known, the gold standard when it comes to home prices, the Case-Shiller Index. CoreLogic also is a part of that, but this is kind of like their own version that's not as well celebrated, but I like it. I, I use it here on the podcast. I'm I'm a fan. I appreciate CoreLogic doing this. So they say year over year in December of 2021, home prices increased 18.5 percent. That is the highest number ever recorded. And here I thought home prices would be slowing, and they're not. So let, let's let's go back a little bit in time here. Uh, August 18, uh, we hit 18.1 percent year over year, and that was the highest we'd ever seen. And it was like, oh my gosh, 45-year high. we have never seen anything like this before. And then in September, 18%. And in October, 18%. And we thought, okay, here it goes. Finally, the cooling. Home prices aren't falling. They're just not growing as fast. But then in November, 18.1%. And now here we are, (laughs) 18.5%. So prices are going back up thanks to month-over-month gains of 1.3%. So low inventory, People worried about rates going up or like, I got to buy a house. You know, they're running out there to buy one. So you get high demand. Demand has gone up. Supply has fallen. Adam Smith would tell us that that is a recipe for home prices going up. Now, eighteen percent, eighteen point five percent. That's a big number, but it could be worse. You could be in Phoenix. Phoenix holds the top spot. Thirty point two percent year over year price growth. That's not thirty percent. That's a that was a good year-over-year investment, I will say. Uh, Las Vegas came in at number two, 24.4%. San Diego, 224 Miami, 188 And Denver, 186 But man, Phoenix. That's <laughs> I mean, That'd be rough if you're like, I'm going to wait a year. I'm going to buy my house. And you're in Phoenix, you're like, oh, man, that was a horrible idea. That was the worst idea ever. Dr. Frank Notthaf, chief economist for CoreLogic, says despite this continued climb, new pressures should slow housing in 2022. Never heard that before. (laughs) Here we go. Don't worry. Next month. Next month. Uh, Nothaf said, quote, much of what we've seen in the run-up of home prices over the last year has been the result of a perfect storm of supply and demand pressures. As we move further into 2022, economic factors such as new home building and a rise in mortgage rates are in motion to help relieve some of this pressure and steadily temper the rapid home price acceleration seen In 2021. So we will see. So looking forward, the CoreLogic Home Price Index, they are projecting 0% month-over-month growth in January and just 3.5% year-over-year growth when December 2022 comes around. And I will say, I always have to add this, CoreLogic has never been right once. Since I've been since I've been in the mortgage business and I've been following this report, they've never gotten it right once. So we'll see. Hey, 2022, it's a new year. Maybe they will we'll get it right. We will we'll know a month from now. We'll revisit the topic. No doubt about that. Now, as I mentioned, inventory levels are at all time lows. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. And we need more homes to get built. That's the that's what we need. And it's profitable to do so so you would think construction numbers would be skyrocketing and they're not bad I mean we are seeing some good growth but supply chains are really wreaking havoc on home builders ability to buy or to build I should say to buy the the materials that they need in order to build and so the projection for December was 0.6 percent growth 0.6 percent growth that's not bad I mean we like to see a little bit more. So, what did we get? Well, not that. Unfortunately, total construction spending increased just 0.2% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.63 billion. Oh wait, no, no, no. 1.6 trillion, excuse me. <laughs> That's a comma there. That's not a period, it's a comma. It's one thousand billions. So that's 1 trillion. $1. 1.6 trillion. Uh the good news is, is that year over year construction spending is up almost double digits, 9%. But it's still a miss. We'd like to see a little higher at 0. 0.6. Uh but here's some good news, because I like to look on the brighter side of things. The find that silver lining if I can find it. And the good news in the report was the smaller than expected number was almost entirely because of public spending when it comes to construction. Private spending was up 0.7% month over month and 12.7% year over year. Public spending was down 1.6% and was also down for the year 2.9%. But here's the real good news. Because when you're talking construction, you're really talking about residential and really single family. And it was up, a healthy fifteen percent. Single family was up two point one percent alone. One two point one percent just month to month. Up sixteen point three percent year over year. And multifamily, which of course is getting a little bit more attention as people feel more comfortable as we kind of move in this and live in this. It's not post COVID because it's still around, but people kind of are, are accepting that it's going to be here for a little while longer uh, maybe forever we don't know and so okay let's we can move to places where there are more people and not be isolated in a single family multi-family is up 0.4 percent month over month and up nine percent year over year so that is that's encouraging that you're seeing that level of an increase for single family because that's where the demand is people want these single family homes so that is good news no doubt about it. The number the, the top line number was a little disappointing, but overall, we will take that. No doubt about that. So, before we go, I do want to talk about an important an important issue that, of course, impacts housing, but it impacts all of us, regardless. Even if you're involved in housing, and that's inflation. I mean, inflation hits everybody. No, no one's sure. Some people aren't as infected If you're rich. You can afford the difference in prices, but you're still paying more. It's not like there's like a special store that you can go to where you're not you're not seeing inflation kick in. And inflation is directly tied to housing and indirectly tied to housing. And this, I think, and there was a kind of fascinating. Well, there was actually two articles I read today about this. Uh, one in the Washington Post and one in Bloomberg. So last week, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, we talked about this CoreLogic report. Ah, CoreLogic, they got a lot of good data, I will say. Single-family rents were up 11.5%. That's a big jump. I mean, double digits. However, there was a piece today in the Washington Post by Abha Badere. I think I'm saying that right. Hopefully, I, I have it phonetically here on the paper, so I'm hopeful with the phonetic spelling, I can get it right. Uh, at, the high, at The Washington Post highlighted just how much, how much rent has shot up this past year. Average rents rose 14% to $1,877 a month, while places like Austin, New York, and Miami saw increases as much as 40%. I mean, I thought Phoenix was bad with the 30%. 40%? That's how much rents are up? And then making matters worse, most Americans expect that rents will rise another 10% this year. That was according to a report from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Rising rents have an oversized impact on inflation. And if you look at the monthly report, CPI, PCE, whatever it may be, rent of shelter is weighted to make up 32% of the government's official indexes when it comes to consumer prices. And this is the problem that central bankers have now with regards to controlling for inflation. Normally, when inflation is running rampant, the central bank raises rates to slow down the economy and then people stop buying and now it's more expensive to borrow or you have more incentive to put your money in savings and not consume. And so less demand, same supply. Adam Smith tells us invisible hand prices will go down. And so that's how you deal with inflation, at least in in theory. And that's how it's worked for centuries. <laughs> that's how it works. However, that could backfire in this current environment, according to Matthew Bosler at Bloomberg. The trend, he writes, may add to the impetus at the Federal Reserve for higher interest rates. Though here, the inflation cur- cure could backfire. The reason? Rising mortgage costs could prevent some renters from from becoming homeowners, putting additional pressure on the market. So we've got a little problem, here, a little conundrum. Now, I don't want to argue that the Fed shouldn't raise rates. They absolutely should. <laughs> All right. When you're having 7% inflation or 6% inflation or whatever the number is, maybe 10, I mean, whatever it is, the... Fed's fund rate shouldn't be zero, right? You shouldn't, 10 year, 30 year treasuries should not be trading at these levels, right? They should be much closer to where the actual inflation number is. And we we need to raise rates, okay? We need to raise rates, I'm not arguing that. But if you raise rates, homes are very pricey, you raise rates, they get even pricier, even if there's no price movement. Because now it costs more money to borrow, Your monthly payment goes up. So people who are on that border of being able to fund a mortgage might not be able to now. So they got to go back to the rental markets. Rental markets are jam-packed. They're slammed. That's why prices are going up. So now you're adding either people that were already there and hoping to leave, which would have eased pressure, or people who were, you know, kind of in the process of leaving and now have to come back. And so you're not easing any of the pressure and you might even be adding to it. And so with, inf- with housing making up such a large part of inflation, if rents continue to move up, even if all the other prices drop, you could still see a high inflation rate because the floor has now been set by what's happening with rents. So once again, I'm not saying the Fed shouldn't raise rates, absolutely, but this is one of the problems that the Fed's going to have to tackle with. And so it's like, congratulations, we've got all the other prices down, but rents are still going up, and so therefore the overall inflation rate. And the impact's the same. I mean, if you're having to pay, and the rent is your biggest, that's why it's such a, that's why it's weighted so heavy, is because if your rent goes up, that's less discretionary income you have. And so even, so if your rent goes up, you know, $100, but the, your groceries go down $50, you're still net negative $50, I mean, it's great. Grocery prices went down, but your net negative $50. I don't envy Jerome Powell. I don't, I don't envy the central bank uh, in any way, shape, or form. Good luck. Good luck to them. All right, before we go, of course, always going to let you know what's happening today. Well, at 7 a.m., we get mortgage demand and rates. So we'll be talking about that on Thursday. And then at 8.15, private payrolls from ADP and well... They're not going to be good. Uh, They're looking at about 200,000. There's this feeling that Omicron had a big impact on hiring. Even though we just got jobs data, job openings came out yesterday. And instead of dropping, I thought they were going to drop to about 2.3 million from 2.5. They actually increased to (laughs) 10.9. It kind of went the other way on that one. So even though we have almost 11 million job openings, we apparently only created 200,000 jobs in december (laughs) or i'm sorry january in january my bad it was january that's what that's the data we're going to be looking for that's just that's nuts that's crazy all right we'll see we'll see what happens so we got the big monthly jobs report the non-farm payrolls out on friday but adp it's kind of a good indicator except when it's not so we'll see what happens all right we gotta go you guys enjoy your wednesday we'll be back here Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait.